What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Sports 360. I'm Jeff Fennell, and I'm here, as always, with Rob Duran of Rob Duran Sports. Rob, what's up tonight? Hey, what's going on, Jeff? Hey, man. Glad to be back. Glad to be back here talking sports. There's been so much stuff going on, man. Um, You know, a lot of it is... You know, it's passed us by a little bit, um, but it's been a lot going on. NCAAs, right? We're now at the Final Four um, in the men's tournament. Uh, women's tournament is moving along as well. Um, been a lot going on in the NFL. Quarterbacks on the move. NBA, we're about to hit the playoffs, so that's going to ramp up pretty soon. And, of course, your game, the national pastime, baseball opening day april 7th so it's coming and so i know yeah. you're excited about that so it's a lot Absolutely. going on right now yeah man sports is is booming right now this is this is the season where sports you know it's like a little bit of everything you have options and it, it's a fun time to be a sports fan man love it yeah and you know um you know you you, you know i've moved down to charlotte north carolina and uh, last Friday, my wife and I took in a Charlotte Hornets game. Nice. You know, we went and uh, they were playing the Utah Jazz. And I would just tell you, my wife does not watch sports, really. You know, if if I'm watching a game and, you know, she might be reading or doing a puzzle or something, she might sit there while a game is on. Uh, if we have company and other people want to watch the game, she'll sit there, but she doesn't watch games and she certainly doesn't go to games. I don't care what, what it is. Now she's gone to baseball games. So we've gone to baseball games, but it's been more like a family type thing. This was just, this was just her and, and me and myself. You know what I mean? We went to the game. There was nobody else. And she even said later, she said, man, I didn't think I was going to enjoy it, man. Rob, we come out of that. By the by the time we're in the third quarter, she's clapping, she's screaming, <laughs> she's she's she tells me now that now she has to be a Hornets fan. <laughs> Since we in Charlotte. Now she's a Hornets fan. And the, and they actually won the game. They they beat Utah. And it was a good game, close game. And um yeah, so now she's all she's she's Miss Charlotte Hornets right now. <laughs> Well, she picked a good young team. You know, they got a little ball. They got a couple pieces there. So it's a good team, at least. Yeah, they are. They are. I mean, they they, they are a good team. I mean, they're they're in that play-in, um, you know, positioning right now. Um, but yeah, they they do have some pieces with Ball and with Miles Bridges, uh, PJ Washington Jr. Um, and even Terry Rozier, who's been playing well yeah. for them too, former Boston Celtics uh, player, so he's been playing well for them too. So yeah, they're they're um, you know I think they're pretty much they they will be in the play-in. Just you know whether they'll be seven, eight, nine, or ten remains to be seen. But but Rob, I will tell you this: out west, to me, the story that is brewing is that. Mm-hmm the Lakers right now sit in the 10th spot out West, just a single game in front of San Antonio. 
And I don't care. It's not such a great prediction or anything else, but I'm going to say it anyway. The Lakers aren't even making the play-in. They're going home. And they need to go home. Anthony Davis might as well not even come back. I haven't seen... Look, I don't know what goes on with Anthony Davis. All I know is this. When he gets hurt, whatever the expected time period for him to be out, you know, they give like a range for two to four weeks, four to six weeks, six to eight. He's always going to take the outer range plus another two, three weeks. Yep. Never. But I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, Rob. I have to agree with you there, man. I think the Lakers are in a world of trouble. They just blew a lead. I think they were up by 23, 24 points against the Pelicans in their last game. Uh, blew that lead. LeBron got hurt on top of that. And, you know, he did play the game, had a great game, which is customary of what you see from LeBron James. He's going to drop his 30-plus. He's going to almost get triple-doubles or get them. But, listen, this roster is not built to help LeBron James. He's doing what he has to do. You know, he's he's getting his stats, but they just don't have enough to to make moves, to win games, to close out games. They're cooked, man. They are done. Yeah, they have eight games left, Rob. Let's go through them one by one. So as we sit here on Monday, March 28th, they have eight games remaining. Starting tomorrow night against the Mavericks in Dallas. Mm, That's a loss. loss. (laughs) Then they go to the Utah Jazz on Thursday night. That's another L. Another That's a loss. loss. And then we go to April. They go home and they play the Pelicans. That's on a, April first. That's fifty-fifty. Yeah, I'll give them another that. lead. Yeah, <laughs> I'll give them that, but nothing's a given with this team. Exactly. Then they stay at home, and they play the Denver Nuggets. Mm-mm. That's not happening. Loss. Then after the Nuggets, they go on the road and they play the Phoenix Suns. Nope. That's a loss. They stay on the road and they go and they play the Golden State Warriors. That's I'll a give loss. Them. Yep, that's another one. And then they come home to play the Thunder. I'll give them that one. And then they end the season on the road, mile high, playing the Denver Nuggets. And that's probably another loss. Yeah, Unless the only the way they might win that game is if Denver's resting yeah. guys because it doesn't affect their seeding. And this is assuming LeBron plays all those games. Right. But who knows how long he'll be out, if he'll be out with the whole ankle injury. So, uh, yeah, they're done, man. I got, how many I got games. This. How many games, Rob, have the Lakers won when LeBron had to be superhuman? 50-plus. That's how they Yeah. Win. Yeah. I mean, he has to do everything for this team. And even when they win, they're barely squeaking by. And so I just look at these last eight games. And, yeah, could they beat the Warriors? Yes, they beat the Warriors before. But LeBron put up a 50-piece in order for that to happen. You know what I mean? Uh, And maybe Anthony Davis comes back. You know, they're, they're saying he's practicing now. He went through his first full practice. Okay, maybe he comes back. Because I do believe this, Rob. If Anthony Davis 
was healthy all year and LeBron is healthy all year. I think the Lakers are definitely a playoff team. Oh, for sure. I definitely agree there because those are two guys who complement each other really well. Um, and Anthony Davis, you know, when healthy, he's a, probably a top five player. You can argue maybe top three, top four. So, yeah, if they were both healthy, if they maintained health throughout the season, we wouldn't even be talking play-in, I think. They'd be a legitimate just in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think so, too. But, you know, with the injuries to AD, the injuries to LeBron, and like you said, LeBron's hurt right now, has a bad ankle. Uh, he's doubtful for tomorrow night's game against uh, the Mavericks. And so it just, the hits just keep on coming for the Lakers. And I, I think time is running out. And, and, and let's say they do make it. Does anybody have, is anyone under any illusions that it matters? Yeah. Let's say they get into the playing tournament, right? If they do get into the playing tournament, are they going to do anything? I mean, right now it's Minnesota, the Clippers, the Pelicans, and the Lakers are in the playing. I mean, and even if they get out, what are they going to do? They're going to beat Phoenix? (laughs) They're going to beat Memphis? I mean, what are we talking about here? So, to me, it's a foregone conclusion. So, I would just say LeBron just needs to go fishing now. You know, before we get to the playoffs and Kenny and and, and Charles and Shaq got to, you know, you know, put out the gone fishing sign and everything. They, they need to just go fishing right now. <laughs> get us get a jump on it and leave everybody alone. They they have stunk up the joint more than enough this year. The Lakers just need to go home and I hope they do. Sorry, yeah. LeBron. You know, I want to see some good basketball. Yeah, listen, LeBron did everything he could. Thirty seven years old, was his nineteenth year. He, he can't do any more than what he's done, basically. <laughs> he's not going to drop 80, 80 a night and hope that his guys drop 20, 25. It just can't happen. No, that's right. That's right. So, you know, and right now Phoenix is healthy again. Chris Paul is back. Memphis is still playing well. I think Golden State's going to start to hit its stride a little bit as, you know, Draymond gets his legs under him. So, you know, um, those teams are, are ready to hopefully make some noise. And then out east, man, Boston and Miami are tied for the number one seed uh, with, um, you know, Boston actually in in front. I think they've beat Miami twice. And then Milwaukee and Philadelphia are only a half game back, both of them. And I tell you, out of those four teams, Milwaukee is going under the radar bro no one is really paying attention to them boston's been hot so they've won 24 out of the last 28 games i mean that's like wow that's like red hot uh miami was really coasting along and then they've started to hit the skids the knicks beat them the nets beat them you know they've lost like three they're four and six in the last 10 um philadelphia's been a little up and down since the harden acquisition and Milwaukee, no one's talking about Milwaukee, bro. And I think Milwaukee's kind of just hanging back, hanging back, 
and I think they're ready to do some more damage this year in the playoffs. Yeah, and I think to their benefit, no one's talking about them because, like you said, I think once the playoffs come around, Giannis and the, and the crew are going to flip the switch and just go off, and they're going to be a dangerous team against anybody they face because they're a matchup problem for pretty much every team maybe in the NBA. So that'll be something to watch out for once the playoffs hit. Um, as far as the Sixers, I'm concerned about them. You know, Embiid is who he is, but Harden looks old, man. Harden has – it just feels like he's lost a step or two. He's not getting the kind of separation he's accustomed to getting. And maybe, you know, the whole rule changes thing mm. with the foul calls, maybe that's affected yeah. his game. But I think he just he just looks slower. He looks like he's lost a step or two. He's just not the same James Harden. And that's concerning because they need James Harden to be James Harden if they're going to beat these top-tier teams uh, in the East. And kudos to the Celtics. Um, an incredible run they've had. It, it's insane. Like, I didn't realize they were in first place until I saw um, the highlights and stuff like that of their last game. But, wow, man, the, the kind of run they're on. And I caution, though, because we've seen the Celtics hot before and they kind of fall apart in the playoffs. So it's a wait-and-see approach for me when it comes to, to the Celtics. And not because they're from Boston, and I'm a New Yorker. has nothing to do with it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Right. But, you know, they, they've played some, some great basketball. Tatum and Brown have really figured it out together, which is something we've been waiting for for a few years now. And, and they've both matured their games enough to complement each other and just, you know, they're a duo that can drop 60, 80 points, whatever, together a night. So um, great basketball in the East, man. Just great. Yeah, and and picking up on your last point, Boston has been red hot, as we said. Um, But Robert Williams, their center, just went down with a torn meniscus. He's going to be out for a few weeks. That's what they're saying anyway, and who knows how he's going to be when he returns, if he returns. And that's a big blow for them. You know, the rebounding, the defense, um, the energy that he brings. So, and, and... the big part of the Celtics turnaround has been their defensive yeah. play. And so for Robert Williams to go down, that's a big blow for them right now. And so we'll see how they weather that storm. Uh, as far as Harden, you know, I agree with you. Harden, you know, you, you, you said, you know, Harden needs to go back and we need to see the old James Harden. Let me tell you. I think that I think that James Harden is gone. We're not going to mm-hmm. see that James Harden anymore. I, I believe that James Harden is on the other side of his career. He's never been a guy who seems to me to really keep himself in tip-top shape. You know what I mean? Um, you know, he likes to do his thing off the court. You know, uh, at least that's the rumor about James <laughs> Harden. Uh, and I, I, I just think that the combination of him getting older, having a lot of miles on his wheels, and then the psychological pressure of a guy who, quite frankly, has never really come through in the postseason. Mm-hmm. None of that bodes well, in my opinion, uh, for the Sixers. Um, and then the other thing is this. If you're, even, if you're Seth, Cur- Seth Curry, okay, shoot threes. Right. But, you know, you know how the playoffs become. Uh, yeah. 
you can't just always just be jacking up threes. At some point, you have to do more than that. And Harden, with all that dribble, 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 step back three stuff, you know, because the game slow down, it gets more physical. It's the end of the season. Your legs are heavy, right? And, you know, putting up all these threes, that's a tough formula to try to, to win. And then you're in Philly where the expectation is to win and the fans are hostile and all the rest of it. And I'm telling you, I don't like what may be coming in Philadelphia because I think James Harden is going to have a lot of pressure on him heading into the postseason. Yeah, and we saw he, he doesn't come through, like you said. You know, when he was in Houston, he couldn't get over the hump. He struggled shooting. And this is when... You know, he was younger. He had those wheels, and he had the ability to get that separation and hit those threes and all that stuff, and he just wasn't doing it. So, you know, either he has to adjust his game ASAP or Philly may see some trouble very quickly in the playoffs. Yeah. And then lastly, one other team in the East that I think bears watching, I just don't know if the matchup is going to be favorable for them, is the Toronto Raptors. Raptors. They've been playing really, really well. Um, They were a team that was hovering around in the play-in bracket, and now they're in the sixth spot. Um, You know, they only have a game lead over Cleveland, and Cleveland has fallen. But Toronto has really been playing well. Uh, But, you know, if they get a first-round matchup against Milwaukee, I don't know about that, but if they get mm. a first-round matchup against Philly, that's hmm. a tough one. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Miami. You know what I mean? Even Boston. Yeah. So I, I think of the of the top four teams, the one they would want to avoid is Milwaukee, but um, I, I think there's a lot of teams at the top of the division or near the top of the conference that really do not, you know, they they'd rather not face the Toronto Raptors in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, Toronto's one of those teams that can surprise you, but it won't be so much of a surprise if they actually win. So that's some good points there because they do have the ability to beat some of those teams ahead of them. Mm -hmm. And then um, the Brooklyn Nets, I just want to talk about them in, in connection with the rule change in New York concerning the vaccine mandate. Um, The rule has been changed, struck down, modified, whatever the case may be, but Kyrie Irving now can play at the Barclays Center. He can play in New York City. That's good news for the Nets and for Kyrie. It's also good news for unvaccinated players on the Mets and Yankees who were going to be in a Kyrie situation, right? Not allowed to play games uh, in the Bronx and in Flushing. Um, but that's big news coming out of New York City, man, both for for basketball as we head to the playoffs and also for our Mets and Yankees. Yeah, huge news because, like you said, now these guys can play at home. and And I think we all kind of saw the writing on the wall coming as the NBA playoffs were about to come around opening day and all that stuff. Um, I didn't think the rule made sense because Kyrie and all these guys were going to be able to attend these games. You know, how funny would it look, you know, these Yankee players, Mets players on opening day 
sitting in the stands behind home plate instead of being able to play. Um, it just wouldn't have looked right the same way it looked when Kyrie was at, at the at the Barclays Center. So um, I'm glad they amended this rule or changed it, whatever it was. Um, but I'm, I'm glad to see it has, has changed because now we get to see these teams at full force at home. Yeah, and the Nets are going to have an opportunity to work Kyrie back in on a regular basis, ongoing basis, the continuity, right? Home and away games over the next eight eight or nine games or so as they end the season. And I think that's going to be helpful for them. And I will tell you this, Brooklyn has to be the scariest team at the bottom here, right? Because they're in the playoff bracket. And, you know, you would have to think, you know, right now it's Cleveland, Charlotte, Brooklyn, and Atlanta. You'd have to think that Brooklyn has a good shot of coming out of that. And then whether they're seventh or eighth coming out, um, who's ever at the top and gets Brooklyn? <laughs> they better watch out man yeah because brooklyn you know we everyone talks Kyrie and kd but they're a deep team on the low yep they're they're good they have some guys that are just they're just ballers man and you know as a team with the heat the celtics the bucks even they weren't expecting to face the nets right away and that's you know maybe a second round you know eastern conference finals type matchup all of a sudden you're facing the nets right off the bat you're like oh man here we go. <laughs> like no cruising right off the bat. So uh, I'd be worried if I'm one of those, you know, one through three, we'll see where the nets end up, but something to keep an eye on. No doubt about it. And, I, and um, you know, Brooklyn has to be happy and the rest of the NBA has to be a little concerned, especially if over the next week or so, the nets get it into gear. Um, hey, listen, on the football front, um, we've seen a lot of movement, especially quarterbacks. And I would think of, of all of the quarterback moves, you know, Matt Ryan has gone to the Colts. He replaces Carson Wentz, who's now gone to the Washington Commodores, right? Um, and uh, Russell Wilson, we talked about before, is in Denver, uh, having been traded from Seattle. But probably the biggest news is Deshaun Watson going to the Cleveland Browns. What's your take on that move, which is surrounded with quite a bit of controversy, given all of the charges that are still pending against Deshaun? Yeah, I think it's uh, one of those situations where it's the Browns saw that the charges, I forget what the outcome was. I don't know if it was that there were no legal charges against them or something like that. Um, but the Browns saw that. They, quote-unquote, did their homework, and they said, we need to upgrade our quarterback. I think, you know, when it comes to, to sports, organizations are very quick to say, you know what, let's do what's best for the team. Let's focus on trying to get wins, putting people in the stands, as many as we can, because we need to win. And I think this is what that this is, that, you know, ultimately what led them to get Deshaun Watson on the squad. Look, and for the Browns, from a pure talent standpoint, significant upgrade. Big time. Okay, over Baker Mayfield. 
I've gone on record of saying it before. I'll say it again. Baker Mayfield's not going to lead a team to the promised land. He's just not. He's not that kind of a guy. I think Deshaun Watson has that kind of talent to lead a team and to make a team better. He has the ability to make throws that Baker Mayfield can't make. And I think that the Cleveland Browns are a better football team because of Deshaun Watson. Now, it doesn't come, like I said, without any controversy because of all the allegations of sexual assault and sexual misconduct. Um, He has 22 cases. It's still pending, so they haven't gone anywhere. But, you know, it's one of those situations, Rob, where for me, the Browns looked at it. They knew that they needed to make a change at the quarterback position. Obviously, Deshaun Watson had been out there. He hadn't played last year, and people were wondering, you know, even last year, they thought he was going to be traded and, and so forth. He's now a year removed from that. And the Browns said, you know what? We'll take a public relations hit, but we'll get the talent. And that's what they did. You know, let's just call it plain. That's what they did. They were looking to upgrade the talent on their roster at the quarterback position. And they figured, hey, it's controversial. We're going to take a hit. Some people are going to like the move. Some people are not going to like the move, but we'll live with it. And that's, you know, and here we are. Yeah, and they've structured the contract as well, which is also controversial. The way they structured his contract is to take the hit if he is, you know, suspended or put on the commissioner's exempt list, depending on what happens with these cases. Um, so, yeah, like you said, they made a they made a football decision, and they stuck to it, and they're taking the heat for it, and <laughs> they're okay with it. Yeah. And so we'll see how things uh, go in Cleveland, but certainly from a quarterback position, you know, you know, that's, you know, you think about the quarterbacks now, um, you know, Cleveland has Deshaun Watson, Cincinnati has your boy, Joe Burrow. Yeah. You know, um, we still have Lamar Jackson. Right. Um, So there there, it's going to be some interesting quarterback play. Um, in, in, in football this year, Carson Wentz though, um, is a, is an enigma, uh, a a quarterback that, you know, seemed to have all of the tools first two years in Philly seemed to be, you know, figuring it out. Seemed like he was one of those guys who was destined to be a face of the game and it just hasn't turned out that way. So he's gone from Philly to Indianapolis didn't work out there. They got bounced from the postseason last game of the season, losing to Jacksonville, a game they should not have lost. And now he's on the move again, this time to Washington. And uh, look, I don't know what's going to happen with Carson Wentz, but I, I don't think he's ever going to turn into the guy we thought he was going to be um, when he was with Philadelphia. No, he's had one of those weird careers. Because like you said, you know, he was figuring it out in Philly, had that MVP type season, got hurt. They win a Super Bowl without him. And then it's just, I don't know, man. He has talent. It's just, you know, maybe he's a late bloomer. We saw Alex Smith later in his career become, you know, a good game manager and lead his teams and stuff like that. Maybe that's what Carson Wentz eventually becomes. Um, But man, 
Talk about a weird career. So we'll see how he does now with uh, with Washington. But the thing is, I think Washington's going to need him to to elevate the quarterback position. They do. You know what I mean? To me, that's the problem. I, I think they're the type of team that is going to look for him to make plays. And one of the things he's shown, even when he was with Philly, part of his downfall was that the bad decision-making, the turnovers, and those type of things didn't get cured in Indianapolis. And I'm not sure it's going to get, you know, cured now that he's back in the NFC East. So especially if you're going to put the ball in his hands, expecting him to make plays, that's been a bad formula for Carson Wentz. So, you know, because as you said, you know, it's one thing if you're going to be Alex Smith and you're a game manager. But if they want him to be a playmaker, mm. Mm, that to me is where the problem comes in. Yeah, I yeah, 100% on that. Um, switching to baseball real quick, um, I know, again, I, I know you're excited about opening day. I tell you what, Rob, I'm excited about opening day, and not because of opening day, but because as we get closer to it, we're going to get your predictions for the coming year. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm working I bought a new pen. I bought a new pen, <laughs> but I want to make sure... When I'm writing this down, I don't run out of ink. Man, I'm working. I'm crunching numbers. I'm working around the clock. They're coming. (laughs) (laughs) You're working around the clock. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'll buy that one. (laughs) I'll buy that one. But I can't wait for your prediction. So we're a couple of weeks away from that. Um, In fact, quite frankly... I think you got to give us your predictions next week. Oh, they'll be ready. Okay. So You'll next week we'll get, we'll, we'll get, you know, the 2022 Rob Duran MLB predictions that the whole show is going to be <laughs> you and your MLB <laughs> predictions. <laughs> the spotlight will be on you. I'm ready. And we're we'll, ready to roll. We'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll get all the, the, uh, predictions from you on the coming season but one of the things though rob that um a story that broke today was albert Pujols um, signing with the st louis cardinals so he's going to end his career where it began with the st louis cardinals and this is a situation another situation where we see the universal dh um where now the national league also has the dh we now seeing that uh, you know, creating another job for a veteran hitter, right? Nelson Cruz, we talked about before. Kyle Schwarber, who can play a little, you know, left field and also um, first base, but he's going to probably spend a lot of time at DH for the Phillies. And now Albert Pujols. Um, and the Cardinals already have picked up Corey Dickerson, who I think might be doing some DHing as well. So, um, but even for the, you know, a situation like with um, Ronald Acuna Jr. with the Braves, mm, as he yeah. continues to rehab from his knee injury, he's going to be in the lineup as a DH. And so with the pool hole signing and with some of these other signings and with Acuna Jr. being able to recover, but perhaps not ready to play the field yet, but he can still be in the lineup as a DH. And so, you know, the DH is going to 
be a difference maker in the NL if teams can find the right player or players to be DHs as the season goes on. Yeah, the, the universal DH opened up a ton of jobs on the National League side because, you know, we see players like the Pujols, Nelson Cruz, traditionally stay in the AL for that reason. You know, they can't play the field like that. Um, you see David Ortiz his whole career in the AL. So this kind of stuff now opens up the opportunities for a lot of teams to sign these, you know, maybe they're just situational power hitters but can, can't play the field. You know, they have that option now. Or, you know, even Pujols, if there's no universal DH, he doesn't have his swan song with the team he, he started out with. So um, I'm happy to see it. Um, hopefully Pujols reaches the 700. I believe he's 21 home runs away. I think he'll do it, Jeff. I think he's going to do it. I think he'll end with – I'll give you a prediction. He's going to end with 23 home runs this season, and he'll, and he'll get to 700. That's my first See, prediction be- right there. Okay. And, and I believe you now because earlier you had said to me he needed 21 home runs, and I said no way. I said, no way he's going to make it. And then you you looked up his stats from last year, and we saw that he had 17 home runs. I would have never guessed he had 17 home runs last year. And he didn't have that many plate appearances. So, yeah, you got to figure St. Louis, the Cardinals are going to give him, you know, within the play of, their, of, of the game, right? I think they're still going to be out there trying to win games first and yeah. foremost. But. Uh, if they're competing or if they fall out of contention, you have to believe they're going to give pool holes as many opportunities as possible, especially if he's close. They're going to give him as many opportunities as possible as the season draws to a close to get to the 21, to get to 700, because obviously that would be that would be a big story, not only in St. Louis, but across baseball. Yeah, I think he'll do it. And he's a good guy. You know, he's always been, you know, one of those guys that players look up to, clubhouse leader, and, and just a good dude all around, it seems like. So hopefully he gets there. And it's nice. It's a nice story that he's able to do it in St. Louis and, you know, retire with Yadier Molina, who they've been together forever. And it's just a great story. So something to something positive to look forward to throughout the baseball season as well here. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Albert Pujols has been, you know, one of the great ambassadors of the game. Um, yeah. You know, he's just done everything the right way. So, um, so yeah, glad to see him back. He's going to have a farewell tour. He said this is his last season. So um, that's something to look forward to. Um, and now, Rob, as we, as we close this out, um, again, we're going to turn the spotlight, um, as we've had, as, we, as we've done over the last two or three shows, to Brittany Griner, who is still in Russian custody in a Russian jail. Uh, the latest has been that um, uh, an ambassador from the U.S. Embassy or an official from the U.S. Embassy was able to see Brittany Griner recently and reported that she's in good condition um, and so that's some good news, I guess. Um, she has a May 18th court date um, in in Russia. Um, we don't know if that's where she will be facing sentencing, but whenever that comes, you know, she's facing 10 years. 
and it could include working in a labor camp. Um, and so it's good to know that she's in good condition based on the report from the embassy official. Um, but there's still a lot of concern. And this is coming at a time when the war is escalating between Russia and Ukraine, where the rhetoric is hot coming from the Oval Office. Joe Biden has said some very, you know, provocative things and some made some strong statements against Vladimir Putin. Um, so you know that the relationship between the United States and Russia um, is very strained right now. And there's a report out there, Rob, that WNBA players and perhaps others are told to keep it down, to not talk that much about Brittany Griner, to not say her name, to not, you know, start social media campaigns, free Brittany or anything like that, because of the fear that the Russian government will use that saying, oh, you know, that, okay, this is something that really matters to folk in the United States and then use Brittany as a pawn. That part right there, I get the logic. I don't agree with it. Um, and I wonder what your take is on that last point and then generally on what's going on with Brittany Griner. Yeah, that um, it's tricky because you, you kind of understand where they're coming from and saying, you know, let's not shine too much light on her and the situation to avoid this becoming a big public thing in Russia, but also you don't want to just ignore the fact that she is over there and there, you know, except for the, the visit from the, from the person in the UN, there is no, no way to tell how she's really doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And it's a scary situation. So you don't want to just pretend it's not happening and not give it attention because you want to continue to make sure that she is okay and that eventually, hopefully, she does come home. And just overall in the situation as well, it it's, continues to be scary. Um, I don't know what the, you know, the hearing is going to, the outcome of that is going to be, if it is the sentencing, if it is the, you know, the 10 years and everything else. It's still a scary situation, man. And I hope that there is some type of different resolution to it, that something happens where she can get home and and she's home safe. Yeah, and I would, you know, I would have to believe that whatever's going on on May 18th, it probably won't be sentencing. Maybe it'll be the opening of a trial, right? Mm. Um, presumably there has to be a trial, even in Russia. Yeah, I know. Um, even though the likelihood of having, you know, some blind justice being applied probably is not going to happen right yeah. but yeah you said you said it i mean it's it's a scary situation and you know like as i said on the idea of not publicizing it or keeping it quiet uh not initiating campaigns and things of that sort again my mind just goes to the wisdom of that, even though I understand the rationale, but I also go to another place. And that is if this was a male athlete, a male basketball player, if it was LeBron James, if it was Seth Curry, if it was Tom Brady or Dak Prescott, 
would the idea of keeping it down also be part of the approach here? And again, I get it, and maybe it would be. And look, this is a very sensitive situation. I don't have any expertise in dealing with it, so I'll be the first to admit that. But I just wonder, you know, if it was a prominent male athlete, would we be saying the same thing? Because we live in a society here in the United States where women and women athletics always gets pushed over into a corner. Mm. And so for me, I just look at this and I say, wait a minute, you know, here we are, you know, we don't have a big platform, but we're saying, and we said this two weeks ago, we're not going to let this fade away. Yeah. And yet, you know, now you're hearing people saying, you know, hey, don't bring too much attention to it because of some strategic play here. So, but I just wonder if it was a prominent male athlete, would it be the same? Yeah. And I don't, I don't think it would be the same. I don't think we'd be hearing people saying, Hey, quiet it down. It'd be the complete opposite in my opinion. Yeah. But in any event, even putting that aside for the moment, um, you know, hopefully, we can get a resolution before May 18th because if she's going on trial, I yeah. mean, that to me now gets a different set of machinery going. You know what I mean? And if she's gone on, she goes on trial and the trial moves along and then she gets convicted and then there's a sentencing. You know what I'm saying? Like it, you, you would have to hope that before we get into that kind of a situation, hopefully she can be released because if it, if it goes to trial to me at that point, we're in a different realm. So hopefully we can get something sooner than later. Yeah, absolutely. So, but it's something to keep an eye on. Um, again, we'll also keep an eye on final four coming up in the men's side. We talked about it. We mentioned it a little, um, just briefly, but, North Carolina and Duke are going to be facing each other in the final four. And then the other matchup is Kansas and Villanova. So we have some, some real Very good bloods who are playing in the final four and hats off to St. Peter's man. And Shalene Holloway, the coach of St. Peter's and those guys, 15 seed made it all the way to the elite eight and hats off to them. And for me, I've always liked Shalene Holloway's interviews, man. They talk to him. Goes, you know what? You know what? We're from New York. We don't care about nobody. <laughs> I just love his interviews, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but hats off to St. Peter's for the run that they had. But the final four has some real, you know, um, powerhouse schools ready to go at it um, as the NCAA tournament. Um looks to wrap up next weekend. So that's something we'll be able to look forward to as well. So, um, but yeah, brother. So listen, man, good talking to you this time again. Um, you look, go, go into the lab, bro. Go yeah. into the lab, get out your protractor, get out your compass, you know, <laughs> get out your dice, whatever you use. <laughs> <laughs> Because you have to come through. Because next week you are front and center I'm with bringing your it. MLB predictions. Okay, listen, crunching numbers, working around the clock. That's me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, and I'm writing it all down, bro. But I look forward to that. 
and obviously we'll keep our eye on other things going out there going on out there as well but um look forward to coming back next week man doing it all again hearing from you on your predictions and on uh, other top stories in sports and so until then man be good and i will catch you next week as we do it again on sports 360.